this month, um, I wanted to, to, to focus on speaking love. And uh, I had a bigger plan, but then I just got stuck in this one verse. And we're just going to look at one verse the entire month. And that is from 1 Corinthians 13.1. So this is, um, I know it's coincidental that it is uh, with Chinese New Year on Monday. But I have a really cool looking gong. Are you guys ready? I need your help. Um, could you help me? Um, identify what happens when I play this gong. I know it's kind of weird, but try to pay attention to how you feel as I'm playing it. I, I feel bad that I'm actually going to play this because I know it doesn't sound very good. Um, but as I play it, pay attention to how you receive it and uh, what, how, how do people in general react to it and how did you react to the gong. Are you guys ready? Yes, I am. <laughs> All right, ready? Wow, that's loud. Oh my. All right, that's enough. I did not expect it to be that loud. Okay, now, from that, um, when you hear a gong, how did you feel? How, what, what kind of sound would, did go through your mind? Let's uh, make a list together. What's that? Annoying? Anybody? What's that? Wrong? Okay, all right. <laughs> Calling, all right, okay. Is it calling or demanding? <laughs> Summon, okay, yeah. That's a, that's a stronger word. I hear that a lot at the law firm. All right, any, what else? Annoying, okay. Chinese. <laughs> that's stereotyping, we don't want to write that down. <laughs> All right, what else? Loud, okay. What else? Huh? A signal, kind of like calling, a summon, right? Kind of go together, okay. What else? How about anything else? Loud. Loud, we got that. Is it irritating? Yeah, okay. Can you imagine if that goes on for about 30 seconds? You want to hear it for 30 seconds? <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> How about one more? We'll stretch. I'm going to stretch you. One more. Irritating. What's that? Distress. Oh, wow. Dissonance, right? It's amazing. From one thing, it makes that sound. Now, let me read you a verse. Let's put it up together. 1 Corinthians 13, 1. Out loud, all together, ready? If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. When in your life have you heard words that come out of the mouths of the people that you love that are wrong? Anybody? A lot, right? How about when they're summoning you? Not just calling. This is like, come now, right? <laughs> That's, all right. How about annoying? Annoying words, sounds? Yeah. From, you know, the funny thing is, all this is, we're talking about love, right? We don't love complete strangers. We love people in our life that we know well. And these are things that we hear from people that we love. How about loud not just in tone, but loud, right, in the message. From the people we love and distressful sound, things that just mm, causes angst in our life. I think that it's so interesting to see that Paul wrote this letter, and uh, he wrote it to the, the church in uh, Corinthians. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but if not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. 
And when we think of that, and it sounds like it's, what he's saying is that if I could speak as eloquent as a poet or as amazing as a, as a person who writes lyrics or songs, and I could, be, I could speak even the tongues of angels. Back then he's talking about people who want the gift of tongues, people who have the gift of speaking in different languages, people who have the gift of speaking in, in angelic languages, uh, we still people hear people today who speak in tongues. You know, uh, they would ask for these uh, gifts from God. And Paul says, that's, that's all great that you could say those things. But he says, I would rather you speak one word where it's, it's intelligible. One word that is loving versus a thousand words that's in language of the angels that no one understands. So he's saying that if you want to seek anything, if you want to ask for a gift, ask the, for the gift of love. And it's a very different way of thinking because a lot of us, we go to school, we want to learn new things, new trades, new skills, right? If, as we grow up, we want to learn new knowledge. We want to have all these wonderful things that make us look good. But if Paul says that all those things, if we don't have love, it's nothing. And so in, in this instance, he says that if you don't have love with the words that you say, then you're just noise that, that is irritating, that is wrong, that is annoying, that is distressful that it's just like raw the words that come out of your mouth is like that and we can all think of a time when the people in our life that we love so much when the words that come out of their mouth is actually super wrong how about us when was the last time we spoke words that are wrong annoying demanding you know all these things that just come out of our mouth and can you imagine that on the receiving end that they all they hear is just this Irritating. I can't even stand 30 seconds of that, right? It's like someone taking a gong and just kept on going, and all you want to just do is plug your ears and just wait, hope that it'll end soon. And that is so horrible, especially with the people that we love. I'm not even talking about complete strangers, talking about people in our life. You know what's even more interesting is that the people closest to us are the ones that we have the ability to hate. So let's go over that in a little bit. But... Uh, what I have here, I want to demonstrate to you, are two jars. So um, imagine a wife and a husband. And the husband and the wife, they all want love from each other. So they, you know, they have these little hearts inside these jars. And I want my wife to fill up my jar, right? So I want more of what's in my heart, and I fill it up. And there are days when I feel like super full. Like, oh man, I feel good. You know, it's, you walk around, you're floating in, you know, walking on air, floating, and you just feel wonderful because you are loved by the people that you love. You receive that. Now imagine this, if we take this scenario, that everything we do, and today we're just gonna focus on words that we use. Everything we do is actually a deposit or a withdrawal. I know this simple concept, this is like, Really? Why would you have to teach that? It doesn't even, but it's, it's when we apply this to the relationships that we have in our life, whether it's between husband and wife, brothers, sisters, parents and kids, it doesn't matter. And so imagine that everything you say would either make a deposit into the love jar or a withdrawal from the love jar. You get that concept? It's so easy, but let me play it out in a real world uh, scenario. Suppose a husband comes home from work and he's been driving in traffic for about, I don't know, two, three hours. I know you're thinking it's me, it's not, because this couple has eight kids. 
uh, and so you know the husband's been driving for a long time to get home and he gets home from work and the wife is preparing she's at the kitchen making food and the home smells good the kids are running all over the place eight kids can you imagine they're running all over the place and the husband comes over saying honey i'm home and he comes in and he knows his wife is making food for him and she and he says um do you need help with anything she says oh no you can go freshen up i'm good and you know right and then and it's like okay so he goes up and he changes clothes he comes back down and then he goes and sit on the couch, turns on some TV, and get himself a glass of milk. <laughs> and um, he sits there and he's watching TV. And so the wife is just there, and she. Then you all of a sudden you hear like, you know, dishes breaking, the pots banging, and the, the husband stands up and says, "Are you okay?" And the wife says, "Yeah, I'm fine. Do you need help?" No, I'm good. And he said, okay. So he's back to his easy chair watching TV, right? He's like, this is a lot. And the kids are just like breaking stuff, running all over the house. And then all of a sudden, she says, okay, dinner's ready. And so they come and eat, and they finally got to, done eating. And then he leaves the table, and he goes back to his easy chair, click the TV, and he watches the TV, continues on. His wife clears the table, now more stuff dropping on the ground. Pots are breaking and dishes are falling. And then he's like, honey, are you okay? And she says, oh, yeah, it's fine. And so he goes back and watches his football game, whatever he watches. Kids are running all over the place, and that's what, the kid, that's what kids do, right? And so, and then the wife finally had enough. She slams the thing on the, her dishes on the counter, and she walks over there to the TV, picks up the remote, and she turns it off, and she says, why are you such a lazy slob? Don't you think about me. You, been, how could you just sit there and watch TV while I cooked, I cleaned, and now I'm washing, and the kids are running crazy in our house. I'm going to give you two options. You either watch the kids or help me wash the dishes, but you are not watching TV. She turns it off, puts the remote down, and the husband stands up. Where does it go from there? Is it going to be good? If he listens. If he, oh, yeah. If he listens, it'll turn out right. <laughs> now, suppose he listens. Now, we think, remember, remember the idea that every word that comes out of your mouth either deposits love or withdraws love. Let's replay this scenario, and when we see how that goes. So when the husband walks into the house, and he says, hi, honey, how are you doing? And she says, it's fine. And so you see how things are going? Now think about that whole scenario. What is a withdrawal and what is a deposit into the love jar? And I think that that is going to be telling as we look at the verse today in depth. So today I want to share with you four words, uh, four ways when words become irritating noise. <clears throat> Four ways. Um, so a couple of four. The first one is dishonesty. Would you agree that when we are dishonest with our voice, with our words, it's that's it, right? It's when you have a conversation with somebody and you find the moment that they start that they lie and you know about it, you can't hear anything else. Somehow your ears just block the. I don't know what you're saying. I don't really care what you're saying because what you say doesn't matter anymore because you just lied to me. Whatever you feel, when you feel that moment that they just become dishonest, it's done. 
right? And dishonesty is one of the most, of the loudest thing that we could say to each other. That's the noisy gong. That's the clanging symbol that we talk about, that we hear. So nothing can, can kill a relationship more than dishonesty. And we go all the way to all sorts of private things that happens and we're dishonest about everything. So in that scenario that we just talked about, what is being dis who is being dishonest? The wife. the wife. How is she dishonest? She said everything's fine. But you know what goes in her head? You if you really love me, you wouldn't ask, right? If you love me, you just come and wash the dishes. As if we can read your mind, right? If you really love me, why you, it's, it's done, right? If, if, I, if you do it because I ask you, is that a withdrawal or is it a deposit? That's a withdrawal. So why would I even want to ask you? Because you're going to withdraw from my love bank on my love jar. And so now, it seems like it's so courageous that this lady stands up to her husband. Finally, right? Whoa, she's such a courageous lady. She stands up and imagine the, wife, the husband said, stands up. Will everything go well if he goes as, oh, okay, I didn't know you need help. Let me go and wash the dishes. Is that a withdrawal or a deposit? A deposit to who? Is it really? Is it a really a deposit? Because she demanded that he would wash. It's not a deposit anymore. He's only doing it because I told him. Right? And if the husband comes up and he does it, is, he, is that being a deposit? No, that's a withdrawal. I'm doing it being obedient like a little puppy. I'm going to go wash the dishes. <laughs> right? It's a withdrawal for everybody. But we don't really think about it that way. But if we think about deposits and withdrawals, it makes so much sense, doesn't it? And the noise that comes from withdrawal. Words that we say, negative words that we say are always a withdrawal. Whether with our kids, with our spouse, our family, friends, it doesn't matter. Those types of demanding words. So dishonesty in the first place was a withdrawal already. So she could have said, you know, I know you just got home from work, but once you're all freshened up, can you help me set the table? Can you help me straighten out the kids? Can you, you know, whatever. There's all these things. But she didn't want to because she wants to be understanding, right? Or either that she wants to be judging inside her mind that if you really love me, you wouldn't have to ask. You've seen how crazy things is. Things are in the house. Just do something about it. But we make that assumption, and then all of a sudden, it's a withdrawal from everybody. If the wife were to say, you know, if, once you're all done freshening up, changing your clothes, can you help me? Can you help me take out the trash? Can you help me straighten out the kids? And if he does, it's a deposit because she asked. It's not a demand. Same thing, right? But it's so, it feels like nitpicking, but it's not. It's so very important. And especially in a love relationship, especially in a marital relationship, those little tiny nuances makes a huge difference in our relationship. And it's the words that we use. So the first one, dishonesty. Um, but it, you know, it, when, we, when people ask us, what's wrong, our automatic response is, nothing. You should know. Right? But we don't say that. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. How's your day? Good. You meet somebody in the elevator? How are you? Why would you even say it? You didn't even say hi first, right? But okay, how are you? Good. Fine. It's just automatic nowadays. We don't really think about those. But in a marriage, in our special relationships, 
the ones, the closest neighbors that Jesus is talking about, it's so very important that we don't become dishonest that way. A lot of times we are dishonest because we want to avoid pain. Complete and total honesty requires that we are emotionally honest. When you're upset, speak it. When you want something done, say it, right? Um, historical honest. A lot of times people would have skeletons in their closet. They don't want people to know. But you know, when we don't share those parts of our life, it's like walking around with a hole in our body. And people are like, wow, that's a weird hole in your body. Ah, ignore it. You cover it up, right? But we all have a past. And the past is past. A lot of people say, why would you want to dig it up? Digging it up means that that tells a complete story of who we are. That's why we want to do that. So current honesty, everything that goes on, uh, future honesty. So especially with, with uh, marital relationship, that's so important. Matthew 5, 37, Jesus said, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Can you imagine? What he's saying is just speak the truth. When someone asks you, you need help? Yes. I know you're busy. I know it's hard for you, but yes, I need help right now. Are you okay? No, it's not okay. I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. But oftentimes we avoid, we don't want to get, oh, it's going to cause another fight. I'd rather just say, tell a lie right now, a little tiny lie, even though it's not true. But that all builds up. Because the next thing that happens is we demand. And see, you don't want to speak the truth, you start demanding. You can see in the story, the wife just starts demanding. I, you know, you're not going to watch TV. I'm giving you two options and TV is not one of them. Wow! <laughs> because it's just one thing after another, it builds up. And that's so common, right? It, it happens all the time. And so demanding, just one thing to set straight. Love does not demand. Love makes thoughtful requests. Love never demands. A lot of people don't know this, and uh, you know, I, I didn't even know, you know and, and it's just thinking about why do we use the word can and could? If I were to ask you, can you take out the trash versus could you take out the trash, what's the difference? English teachers, I told you I'm not good at English. <laughs> what's the difference? It's a question, yeah. Why does could sound so more, much more polite? Can, yeah, oh, yeah. But can is a directive, right? Could is possibility. Could you? If, if at all possible, with your strength, with your ability, with your knowledge, with your time, could you take out the trash versus can you take out the trash? A huge difference from such a nitpicking, hair-splitting word, right? Will you? Would you? Right? Same thing. And so let me give you some scenarios on, on uh, asking somebody to take out the trash. Could you take out the trash? Take out the trash. Take out the trash now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if you even go that far, it's over. <laughs> Especially, yeah. Will you take out the trash? Can you take out the trash? Could you take out the trash? What's the difference? A lot. One could be noisy gone. One could be a deposit. If you were to ask me, Moni, could you take out the trash? I'd do it for you. i deposit in your bank and you deposit into me because you respected my time. If you tell me, Moni, take out the trash now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, not going to happen. Even if I do it, I will do it begrudgingly. 
because you demanded it of me. It's a deposit. It's a withdrawal from your account and from mine. Does that make sense? Something so minor, and but it's so very important, especially with the people we deal with day to day, with our kids, the same way, and with our friends, our family. Oh my goodness. But it requires to say, it requires humility to be able to say could versus can, because one. Can is an ability. Could is a possibility. That's the big difference. Will you? Would you? One is an ability. The other one's a possibility. But it makes a whole world of difference versus speaking in love or noisy gongs. And please and thank you. You know what's so funny that when we're, once we're married, for married people, I, I'm speaking from married people because I've been married for almost 20 years now, that we force our kids to say please and thank you all the time, but we stop doing it for some reason. Why is that? When we know it's so important, right? We train our kids over and over, please and thank you, and then we stop doing it to each other especially. We stop doing it to other adults in our lives. Maybe because we don't grow up that way. I don't know about you, but my family, we don't say please and thank you or sorry. That's never going to happen. I'll act like I'm sorry. I'll try to make it up to you, but I'll never say it. <laughs> that's just how it is. That's, maybe it's Asian family, I don't know, but that's how we, we grew up that way. But that's, um, the first one's dishonest. That was demanding. The third one, disrespect. Oh my goodness, disrespect. It begins in your heart as a judgment that you think that you're better than other people. That's why we, we disrespect people, because we think that. It begins in our heart and it brews out of our mouth and it comes out disrespectful. And that is probably, you know, one of the, one of the most loudest gong that we could play with each other is the sound of disrespect, especially to the people that we love. Uh, but love shows proper respect for people. And then, uh, 1 Peter 2.17 says, Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. So what that verse is saying is that there are people you respect differently, right? There are people you respect because they're older than you. It's not just culture. It's just normal. They have more experience. They're older and you res respect them in that way. There are people that you respect because they're younger than you. You respect younger people in a different way. There's no option to disrespect. That's not a choice. But oftentimes we don't realize it. We disrespect each other with our words. The last one, defame. The definition, uh, definition of defame is the act of damaging the good reputation of someone, a slander or a libel. Wow. You know what that is? In our days, a lot of times, gossip is defaming people. When we talk about people in negative lights, especially when they're not around, that is defaming. And especially in front of people. You know, in that situation, a scenario with the husband and wife, she comes up, the first thing she said out of your mouth, why are you, are you such a lazy slob? It's over. If, if I were the husband, I would not hear anything else. You just called me name, it's done. That's it. I, I don't, every, everything else just blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just like noisy gongs. I don't hear anything else because once you start with that, it's, that's it. The rest is just noise because you are just displaying unloving words. And defaming, oh my, and you know, gossips and slander. Uh, the Bible calls this bear false witness. It's so important. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Um, but most of us 
grow up with name, name calling. One of the things that we set in our family is never name call because we know how devastating that is. Can you imagine, you know, there are people in, in our world where we call each other by these cute nicknames, you know, um, they're family members who have these crazy names and they stay with them for the rest of their lives. And it becomes a name calling. Every time you call them, it's a name calling, literally in a bad way, right? Or we learn to just pinpoint people. You know, we learned last month about, uh, two months ago, about what the difference between guilt and shame. You know the difference? You remember? The difference between guilt and shame is shame is something I did. Oh, uh, no, guilt is something I did. Shame is who I am. And so when we name call somebody, we are sticking them with something that they can't take off. Right? You call them a fat, lazy slob. You're, what you're saying is that they are a fat, lazy slob. They're not acting like a fat, lazy slob. Right? You see the difference? That you, when you call somebody a liar versus you lied to me. Big difference, right? Because something that, you, that I have done, I could quit doing. And I'm not that anymore. But when you call me, that's for who I am. I can't quit being who I am. You call me a liar. You call me a thief. You call me, you know, all these names. It sticks to me. And that's why name calling is such a big deal. And that's a way that we defame each other. Sadly, all these four apply so much in the love relationship that we have, the people that we love. And just, this is just one topic about our words. We know the things, the way that it can hurt us because we have been hurt in all these different ways. We have all have been hurt by somebody's dishonesty. The trust takes forever to open, to start retrusting them again. Demands. We get into fights about demands all the time. Um, and disrespect, especially for men, demands, disrespect, it's the same thing, right? When you demand, you're disrespecting. And, uh, and then the next thing, you just call, start calling each other names and you get into all sorts of, it gets worse from there.